who's in charge of your feelings. I definitely would want my kids to know mm -hmm. that they are in charge of their feelings. Okay, mm -hmm. but it seemed like what what this what this listener was was pointing at, or there's a, there's something missing there, right? Mm -hmm. And so the thing I felt like was missing was empathy. Welcome to the art of raising humans. Hello and welcome to episode 14 of the Art of Raising Humans podcast. I'm Kyle Wester. And I'm Sarah. And today we wanted to hit upon a topic that one of our listeners reached out to us and asked us a specific question about how to handle a situation. And so um, in response to that question, which I'd love for any listeners who have questions, any things you're like, man, how do we handle this? Or what's your thoughts on that? Sarah and I would love to talk about it and um, and just share how we would deal with it with our own kids or how we've dealt with in the past and helping parents deal with it. Um, but this particular question, I'm, I'm going to read this from one of our listeners. Um, and so this listener said, last night, our eldest child was our oldest child was being annoying and his younger sister got angry and upset and the this listener said this is common i heard myself telling her and this is in quotes who is in charge of your feelings how do i help her move through the hurt but help her not allow others to dictate her feelings can you do a podcast on that? Well, of course we can because we're doing that now, but I think I'm missing a piece in dismissing her feelings, but I know that I've read something related to, quote unquote, you can only control your actions and your emotions. I'd love some guidance and your thoughts for a child that takes so much to heart. So immediately I thought that was a fantastic question because I think that's something, Sarah, you and I have had, had, to, had to work through. Like you have this idea of, yeah, it is true that um, something we would teach, something we value is, and we tell our kids is, no one controls my feelings. Mm -hmm. They're mine and no one controls my actions. I choose what I do. So I choose how I feel. I choose what I do with those feelings. Mm -hmm. um, and it's important for a kid to have that power. To know they have that because otherwise yeah. they get into a lot of blaming and all that kind of stuff. Right? I, th I think, I don't know how many times I've heard it. You just kind of grow up or I think a lot of people grow up with the idea that somebody does something and it causes me to feel a certain way. Makes you feel that way. You And a lot of times you might even go, how could I feel any other way? Of course they caused me to feel yeah, that yeah, way. Yeah. Angry, sad, whatever yeah. it might be. Um, but so it kind of blew my mind when I first realized, oh... Uh, that doesn't, that isn't actually a fact. Yeah. <laughs> people can do something. And if you had 15 people and somebody did one thing, yep. they could actually all feel differently about that one thing. Yeah. Um, so there may be sure there may be certain things that this would be a very common feeling to have after in that, that moment. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But they're not actually inside your brain causing you to feel exactly. something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so what's exciting about that is that we actually can own our feeling. I'm yep. not a puppet with yep. someone running the strings yeah, yeah, yeah. and telling me how I'm going to feel. Yep. And I think that's very encouraging because that means I can do something about it. If someone else is controlling me, then I'm just going to feel that. Yeah. And But now that we're handing it back and saying, no, I can actually... I can actually decide how I'm going to feel and what I'm going to do. Yeah. So, so I just want to say that yeah. with what she well, said. Well, no, I, I think it's a really, it's a really important thing to note. I, I think the one I always feel that that connects to the most is traffic. So I know you don't get particularly mad at traffic, but I can get mad sometimes when I'm driving and get upset. And I used to think traffic made me mad. And then when I met somebody who was from Los Angeles and drove in 
much worse traffic than I've ever been here in Tulsa. And they were like, oh, you're, they were telling me Tulsa traffic's a breeze. Like, I'm actually like happy when I get in Tulsa traffic because it's so quick. I mean, he's like, man, you can get from here to there in 20, 25 minutes. Sometimes I was in traffic for two hours. And I'm like, what? It was mind blowing to me. But I, my frame of reference was small in regards to traffic. And his frame of reference was just different. And so he had a different frame of reference. And so I, I that then you'd find a lot of guys particularly would come in and talk about getting mad during traffic. And I remember one guy, was really funny that he said he liked traffic because he liked to listen to heavy metal music and his wife and kids didn't. So when he was driving from work to home, he'd listen to like thrash heavy metal and he'd have drumsticks and he'd be drumming. And so to him, he liked the time between there to there and was actually kind of annoyed when traffic wasn't so big. So it just showed me like, wait, there's a lot of different ways to see traffic. Traffic doesn't make me feel something. I choose to feel something about traffic. So if I choose chose to feel that, then I could choose to feel something else. Again, it goes back to the idea that we have an event happen mm -hmm. and then thoughts and feelings and even physiolo physiological responses happen from that event. Mm -hmm. But those are not things that have to happen. Mm -hmm. A lot of those are things that we can change and we can decide you know, our thoughts, feelings, and responses to a single event. Yeah. So I love that being a basis, a foundation. So in regards to what the listener commented, it's great. That, that is true. Who's in charge of your feelings? I definitely would want my kids to know mm -hmm. that they are in charge of their feelings. Okay. Mm -hmm. But it seemed like what, what this, what this listener was, was pointing at, or there's like, there's something missing there. Right. Mm -hmm. And so the thing I felt like was missing was empathy. Okay. Okay. And and and, and how, how how could empathy be used in that moment and why would it be important? What what is empathy? So I think right is that the listener saying, All right, I get that, I believe that. So then I'm conveying that to my children and I, I love that. I mean I mm -hmm. think at a from the very beginning. Yeah. We can say, oh, this happened, and yeah. you felt that way. Yeah, yeah. Instead of, how did that make you feel? Yes. Just even asking a different question. Yeah. How did you feel about and that? And don't assume. Yeah. If yeah. if if uh, somebody takes a toy from your child, you uh -huh. ask them, how did it feel? Uh -huh. Did you like it? Yeah, yeah. And so And so that starts from the very beginning of, oh, an event happened. How did you feel about yeah. it? Yeah. And so you use that language from the very, very to beginning. To kind of raise their awareness yeah. of, I did feel something about it. I don't have to feel how I, you think I should feel. This is how I felt about it. Yeah. yeah. Instead of, oh, you're, you know, you're, yeah. So you're mad or you're going to be mad because so-and-so did this. And, yeah. and, you know, if their blocks fell down or a toy got broke or their cookie was the wrong cookie, you know, it's from a very, very young age. Those are some real young examples. And then all the way, obviously, through teenage years mm -hmm, where mm -hmm. really big things start to happen that mm -hmm. can, you know, you break up with someone. Yeah. Again, how do you feel about yeah, that? Yeah, 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 Someone yeah. else could be like, oh, shoot, relief yeah. and yeah. or devastation or just, uh, you know, whatever. I sure. don't care. Yeah. So just that curiosity and building in that we our feelings come and go and change and we can feel lots of different ways about the same stuff. Yeah, so yeah, we start yeah. with that language. Yeah. Seems like she's already there. Yeah. Well, that's going to take time. Yeah. Right. So even though you've said it five, you know, 50 times to your child. Yeah. It's sometimes still hard to believe and yeah. you still sort of feel like, no, no, this thing made me feel this way. Well, and, and Becky Bailey would say it's got to be a thousand times in context, you know, that we've got to model it, got to say it, you know, really have to believe it ourselves that mm -hmm. no one makes me feel anything or I'm in charge of my own feelings and being curious about how they feel about it. Yep. Mm -hmm. So 
just go ahead and either keep a list or just realize, wow, I guess I haven't hit a thousand yet yeah, because yeah, it's yeah. still not there for yes, them. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah. You know, just, just keep building it, keep building it, keep building it yeah. for them. Yeah. And then, and then I think we, let's come back around to what sure. you were saying yeah, about yeah. empathy. Yeah. Yeah. So what I would say, first of all, when I saw that question, as we're going to empathy is that that saying who's in charge of your feelings, that actually might be an appropriate thing to say in that moment. But I'm going to look at the reaction to the kid has to me saying that if the kid goes, oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, that's true. I don't need to be annoyed by my brother doing that. Great. Then that maybe was the helpful thing to say. But if the kid pulls back and is like, feels like you don't get it. Like you're not listening to me. You like like the idea the listener said. It seemed like maybe she was dismissing her feelings. I, I, I'd want to see. I think the kid will give me that feedback. The kid will either pull away from me, or they'll lean in closer and be like, "Oh, thank you for helping me with this." But if they pull away, I don't think they felt heard. I think they mm-hmm. did feel dismissed. And a lot of times that is what we are doing. Sometimes we're staying kind of in our like logical reasoning part of our brain, and we're not really connecting with the feeling part that the kid's in. And so I feel like a lot of teenagers will feel that too, you know, like maybe the parent is in that moment saying a truth, but the kid's like, oh yeah, they don't, they don't really want to hear my feelings. They're basically saying, stop feeling that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and realize they, how long they need to sit in that may be different than what yeah, you would think. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. So somebody sure. could do something and you're like, oh, I'm annoyed. And in five minutes you're over it. Mm-hmm. But then I think we've all had those times where we were really upset and it's 45 minutes. It's two hours. It might be the next day. I've been there. I've been there. Before yeah. you're thinking, okay, all right, all mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. Let me just, you know, where you've sort of come down off of that feeling. Mm-hmm. So our children are the same way. We don't know the scale of the emotion and how long it's going to take them to sort of, whoo, you know, breathe through that, let that go, move yeah. into a different place. Yeah. And so we empathize and we think, okay, I, I empathized. Yeah. You should be able to move through that now. Yeah. And then they don't. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's the feedback you're getting. Okay, you're you're not there yet. Yeah, yeah. And and sometimes as a patient, as a parent, it's hard to be that patient. Sure. Sometimes I want to say, okay, I, I mean, I really empathize. Yeah. Can we just move on now? Yeah. yeah. And they're not ready. Tell me, what is empathy when you're saying that? So when, how do I know I'm doing it when I'm empathizing? Like, what does that look like? You're really good at it. I've, I've tried to get better at it, oh, I think but so. you're more of a natural. So, so, so with empathy, how do you know you're, you know, what, if we're telling a parent, Hey, I think you should show them empathy first and see if that, uh, that helps the kid shift. Mm-hmm. What would that look like? Well, empathy is sort of, you know, stepping into someone else's shoes. Mm, So, and I I think it goes back to what you said earlier about being real logical. Mm. I think there are times when you go, oh, you're sad. Yeah. And that feels different (laughs) than when you step in someone's shoes, it's not like you're taking, I don't mean in a take on their problems, but think back to a time where you have felt this depth of sadness Mm -hmm. and that comes across different when you are able to convey to them. I understand. I see what you're yeah. you're feeling. You're feeling, and you you say it. I, yeah, and they I, might correct I, yeah. you. But. I, I love it when Doctor Gottman says, yeah. uh, "Empathy is attunement." It's when I'm attuning mm. to the kid, and I think about how many times I've heard a song do that, where I'm feeling something. I'm yeah. feeling something deep. I feel like nobody gets it. Nobody understands it. And then a song comes on. Yeah. And I think this person who I've never met, <laughs> who doesn't know me at all, wrote the song for me. <laughs> and it seems yeah. like that is attunement. And when I have done it well with our kids or with other kids that I'm helping at the private practice, I feel their feeling. 
Mm-hmm. It's not that I take it on as mine, mm-hmm. but I feel it. And immediately, like, it opens up a drawer in my brain to where I go, wow. I remember that was really hard when I felt that or, oh man, when that happened to me, that was a big deal. You know, mm-hmm. when I'm not doing that, I'm, there's a little voice in my head that says like, how long is this going to take? Yes. When are we going to get through this? Like this again? Are you still upset about this? Yeah. You know, and, and then, and that, so I'll try to be empathetic, empathetic. Maybe when I'm in that mindset, maybe I'll be patient for about five to 10 minutes and then I'll be like, okay, I'm done. <laughs> I'm out. I'm tapping out. <laughs> I can't keep doing this. And I never really, if I'm honest with myself, never really attuned with what the kid was going through. I never mm-hmm. gave myself, uh, I, the, I never moved myself into their shoes and tried to feel what mm-hmm. they're feeling. Yeah. And just be with them. Yeah. Just yeah. empathize and be with them. And not setting the goal, even though I do want it to right. shift, yeah. the goal isn't for it to change. Well, and the funny thing is, is when we actually step into that with them yes. and we just sit with them. I think of Brene Brown's mm-hmm. video on YouTube mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. climbing down the ladder. And um, I don't know, maybe we can if you, connect yeah, well, hey, hey, it below. Yeah, 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 yeah we we'll can. put it in the, the notes of yeah, Brene Yeah, it's Brown's a really something. great little short video yeah. uh, representing empathy. And you're just with the person yeah. in their emotions. So if you just with your child there, they feel that. Yeah. And that's when it actually helps them at their when they're ready to move through it. When yeah. you join them and then they're able to move through it. It's it's funny how you can almost see that body, you know, where you just your child just goes, oh, Yeah. There's just this, this release. Yeah. And yeah. then it gives them almost the freedom to okay, it's there. We can yeah. it can because emotions won't stay forever. Yeah. And well, you can let you know, them know it's yeah. not going to be here. It yeah. will shift and move. And, as and you're saying that, I'm thinking about even as an adult, how many times I felt that, you know, there's mm-hmm. been times when people have tried to empathize and I thought, nah, <laughs> they don't really right. get it. Yeah. But then other times I'm thinking about, I remember, this is a, f- a funny example I tell a lot of, a lot of clients is I watched a movie one time and it was some kind of military movie and this dad was caught overseas and he wanted to come home and in the movie, I, I didn't cry during the movie. I was watching, I was with a bunch of other guys and we were all watching this movie. It's a good movie. We came out and after we're talking about the movie, having a, you know, no tears were, sh- I didn't even think I was sad about the movie. But then I called you up and you said, how was the movie? And as I started telling you about the movie, you were so empathetic. Like I'm almost wanting to tear up now. <laughs> You're so empathetic. I just started like weeping on the phone about this movie and about like how it impacted me. And I didn't even know it had done that until you were empathizing. And I thought to myself, this must be what she does to the kids. <laughs> Why the kids are so much quicker to cry with her than they are with me. Because I just felt like you really cared. Like I really felt like you really wanted to know about the movie and <laughs> impacted me. And I thought it almost like opened up a door to like be safe with those feelings because I was with you. And I wasn't, I didn't feel like I was safe with those feelings with the guys that I was with to just have that. I mean, I'm sure they would have been okay with it, but it was just like you just somehow, the way you said it, the way you were already so present with me, you know, you weren't just saying, how was the movie? You know, you're like really interested. And I began to tell you, and then the way you just like were attuned with the feeling, I thought Mm -hmm. I wasn't alone in the feeling. So then I now could express the feeling because you were with me in it. And then it actually can be released. Yes. Oh, yeah. I didn't come home and just keep crying about the movie. It's not just stored in there forever. (laughs) And when we meet our child there, they can be super annoyed or whatever it is. And and when you connect with them on it, then they can go, 
oh, okay. You know that time where you're so mad about mm-hmm. a coworker or something mm-hmm. and someone comes in and you tell them about it and they're like, oh, that's so annoying. Mm-hmm. They meet you with that. And then all of a sudden you're like, yeah, it really is. And then you just sort of move yeah. on. Yeah. Yeah. Those kind of situations are frustrating. Yeah. And you kind yeah. of go, yeah. It, it, it sort of lets you yeah. just go, okay. And yes. You can, so yeah. we're just doing that with our kids. Yeah. So, so I think in answering the listener's question, I think I love setting the foundation of I'm in charge of my feelings. You're in charge of your feelings. That's fantastic. And sometimes that may be the whole intervention that's needed in that moment. But if I say that and it doesn't seem to be resonating with my kid, it doesn't even mean that the kid doesn't believe it. The kid may still believe it, but I'm, I'm wanting to just move right into empathy to say, I'm with you in this. And we can always follow up later with that about that truth and, and, you know, touch base and see if the kid, the kid may say, I believe all that. But in that moment, it didn't feel like that was true. In that moment, I, I hear this a lot from kids, especially li- like teenagers and then talking about littler kids, like, oh, the kid is so annoying and he makes me so mad. And they really don't believe they have the power to shift out of that. They feel like that's just how it has to be. We have to be annoyed with each other. We have to not get along. And I try to like, do you think there's other houses where that doesn't happen? Where kids, have, and occasionally they do know a family here or there where the kids do like each other. And you're like, okay, well, look, that's another possible option, you know? And once you can expand that, help that growth mindset thing to happen, then they can start to be more open to it. But a lot of kids, they may believe that they're in charge of their feelings, but in that moment, it just seems like that's not true. Yeah. And I, I think you kind of were leading into the next step where once you meet empathy, yeah. really empathize and meet yeah. that feeling, then it actually releases you to mm. to then mm-hmm. do mm-hmm. something. Mm-hmm. Now, now, what does she want to do about her brother right. or yes. what does yeah. that teenager, yeah. 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 you know, yeah. then you can move into, okay, there's the coaching this, that could happen. Yeah, yeah this mm-hmm. keeps happening yeah. and it's really annoying. And yeah. so now what can we do about it? So then you have tools to hopefully. Yeah use next time so maybe we don't keep this cycle going and going and going and going you know what i'm thinking of that's that's so i'm almost thinking like it's basically like a need so that the the kid has a need and even though i have something to offer maybe that doesn't meet the need so really the empathy you know in becky bailey's words she'd say empathy helps organize the brain so Mm -hmm. i'm going to offer the empathy to help organize the brain so then we can actually then once we've met that need then we can move on to doing something about it you know almost like a kid who's really hungry and you could tell the kid well you know how to cook a meal. The kid's just really hungry. And that moment, I just want something. So you give the kid a little snack and then the kid's like, oh, okay. Okay. So, hey, what are we having for dinner? You know, let's think about how to cook that. And it'd be harder to cook the dinner if you're just like starving, 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 starving. You just want something real quick to meet the the need and then to be able to move into doing something about it. You know? So I love this, that a listener gave us an opportunity, right? To, to talk about this. And of course, Sarah and I have so many topics that we want to discuss, but we also want listeners to be able to have interaction with us by throwing out ideas um, you can email us your, your, your questions or comments or thoughts that you have on other podcast ideas you'd love us to do. You could do it at uh, info at parentinglegacy.com. Um, you can reach us on that through the website. You could also you know, comment on the podcast. And we'd love for you to leave a review. You know, Five-star reviews are fantastic, so we prefer those. But we'd love for you to do that to get us more visible. Um, so we want to thank you for the time that you have just spending with us. And I uh, would love for you to view our website at parentinglegacy.com to see all the different stuff that we offer from blogs to trainings to all that kind of speaking opportunities and all that. So I appreciate your time. I hope your new year is going really well. The Art of Raising Humans podcast should not be considered or used as counseling, but for educational purposes only.